0: Hey guys, Dane here with The Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with Mr. Finn Beals. Finn is a photographer and director who has been putting out incredible images and videos and projects for, you know, a long time now. He started this series called 72 Hours In quite some time ago where he spends, you know, roughly three days or a weekend in specific spots around the world and he documents every Aspect of that with images and storytelling, and you can find those on his website, which is madebyfin.com, which has you know his advertising work, uh, his workshop with Alex Stroll, who we just chatted with. We talk about Finn's commercial life, working with brands like Land Rover, GE, Tesla, Omega. You know the list goes on. Uh, but also talking about personal work and finding stories in anything that that you shoot and the importance of finding these stories as well and the way that he approaches storytelling when it comes to the shoots that he does and how much pre-production goes into it we talk about a new project that he has uh, on the backbone of his 72 hours in project which he's been doing for years. but yeah I had a great time chatting with Finn. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoy this one and yeah without further ado here, is a conversation with Finn Beals. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Mr. Finn Beals, thank you so much for coming on the Dark Room Podcast.
1: Oh, you're welcome, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, of course, man. So uh, when you Google, your name, there's a lot of things that come up. There's a lot of images you've taken. There's a lot of interviews and things like that. Uh, there's also these great videos of how to edit like Finn Beals on YouTube. I'm curious, oh, really? have you ever looked through and watched how somebody tries to emulate your edits?
1: No, this is new on me. I, I mean, know, right? I, I have Googled my name before, obviously, <laughs> but um, I haven't found the edit. Oh, I've just done it.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Edit man.
1: like Finn Beals' when yeah. landscapes.
0: Yeah, you'd um, be surprised. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, big Instagram guys that that have all these little, like you know, like people that go through and and try to like match it completely and, and do all that. And obviously, like I, I've never had that done to myself, so I don't know how it feels to watch a 15 minute video of like some kid in a basement who's just like trying to do exactly what you do uh, all the time.
1: Wow, it's flattering, <laughs> obviously, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think like the, the color grade that I put on a picture is like just a tiny part of yeah, being exactly a right. you know. Yeah, um, the one
0: thing that they're missing is the decade of experience and style that like mainly goes into how you shoot and frame, and then you yeah. you know put a little layer on those. But you know, when you when you do your editing, you know how how much time do you spend? On one particular photo in a series, Um,
1: I'd spend like time on the first, like maybe like two or three, yeah, to sort of get a like um, a template, a filter, like a preset for for the shoot, right. But then I'll copy those settings
0: pretty much across the rest of the shoot. Do you ever have clients come back and try to tweak your, you know, kind of creative? Uh, just your editing style? Do you ever have people come back and say like, ah, can you kind of tweak these tones or or do this or do that? Or do you have a lot of creative freedom now when it comes to deliveries?
1: Um, rarely do people come back. I have had it yeah. on, a, on a shoot where I've, yeah, they've like, oh, can you make it more Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more like saturated, but I'm like, no. Yeah. Um, but no, that doesn't, doesn't tend to happen these days.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you're working with such huge clients too at this point mm. but like take me back to a time of you know growing up in in Wales kind of before this all started what what was that like you know what was the what was the early life of Finn Beals like
1: it was um similar to my kids are experiencing right now because I've moved back here um you know, like riding horses cross mountains camping fishing canoeing down rivers very free very um idyllic really Yeah, Um, No no real, like, pressures or influences on my mind other than the sort of natural world. Um, And I really, really value that. And um, that's one of the reasons why we've moved back here so I can sort of give my kids that sort of experience. Um, I mean, I love cities. I really love cities. I find them massively stimulating and I need to visit them, but I don't think I could live there and I certainly couldn't bring kids up there because of all the sort of outside influences that are sort of bombarded with them that they're bombarded by um, I think it's quite freeing for your mind to sort of just let loose and run free as
2: well yeah does that make sense
0: yeah for sure I mean growing up like that has got to be you know very beneficial on all on all accounts like I can't imagine you know growing up in a in a busy city because I, I kind of grew up outside of LA but you know it's mm-hmm. it's it really kind of changes and and shapes the person that that you become and like the fundamentals that you, you know, latch on to. So it's super cool that, you know, you wanted to give that to your kids as well and make sure that they grew up in a similar Mm -hmm. way because it's super important.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, I think think that sort of upbringing is definitely fed into the type of work that I'm producing now. Yeah. Um, Because I, I shoot a lot. Around this area, like, I, I call Wales, like, it's, like, an amazing um, photo studio with, yeah. the, like, mountains and rivers and sort of, like, like kind of prairie landscapes up on the tops of the mountains and stuff. Uh, I had, like, a film producer phone me the other day asking me for a location for a, um, a western, and I like, I gave him this, like, Google, like, pinpoint Google map, and, yeah. and they're, they're going to shoot it there, and they're nice. really stoked on it. So, so it's really, it's, it's kind of... It's really nice to bring clients here to shoot my own backyard. Um, I, brought, I did a shoot with Breitling recently, the watch company, and brought the, all the crew down this way, and they they loved it. And it's kind of like this hidden hidden landscape and very varied. So I kind of use it to to my so like professional advantage as much as my lifestyle advantage, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, definitely. And when you were younger, you know, it sounds like your parents were obviously – you know, very into that lifestyle and the, the outdoor vibe and, you know, kind of giving you that as well. So what, what were they doing at the time? Like, you know, what, what did your parents do growing up?
1: So my dad was a lawyer, um, but he was a big sailor and sort of every flight family holiday that we went on was on his boat so nice. sailing across across the Irish sea in really <laughs> terrible conditions it wasn't like <laughs> yeah. idyllic sailing it was pretty rough yeah um you know sleeping on these little bunks and stuff but it was it was massively character building and um i don't know, hugely adventurous when i think back to it now i'm not sure i i I'd, I'd sort of set sail in these like forces <laughs> Four or eight gales across the Irish team with my kids. Right. But you know, you know, when you're growing up, and you just like totally trust your parents. Yeah, and, for um, sure. They'll, yeah, anything. You are following them anywhere. Yeah. You know, and, um, but, uh, I think that, um, that sort of like, sense of adventure that my dad has has definitely fed into me too like he used to say to me like it's, you know we've be like oh when we're when we gonna get to wherever we're going and he's like he'd, he'd say this line it's not about the destination it's about the journey and like oh yeah I've, i love I, lo- I love that and um, yeah. i live by that actually you
2: know yeah
1: there, there there is no finish line in life you know and that comes to like work life whatever it's just it's all happening right now
0: <laughs> yeah that's always that always takes uh it takes experience to learn that too, you know, it takes getting to certain achievements or just things that you thought, you know, you would feel when you get to a certain place to look back and be like, oh man, like, you know, I'm here yeah. now. And, yeah. you know, what's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: 100%. Although, you know, it's good to sort of recognize where you are and then just in, enjoy it for the now, you know, like a lot of people say to me, so what's next? What are you going to do next? And I'm just like, well, I'm actually, I'm living quite a nice Subtle life on this hill in Wales and, um, you know, interspersed with crazy experiences on these sort of some of these shoots that I do. And um, I'm quite happy just like rolling along like this, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, what where was the transition from, you know, kind of just shooting for fun and, and shooting with friends to actually taking it pretty seriously. Cause I, in, uh, in an interview with Artifact Uprising, I noticed mm. at the end, uh, you know, you said photography is a way of life for me. It's my purpose, uh, which is incredible, oh, but that's... I feel like it takes, it takes a while to, to find that. And if, you know, kind of takes a lot of, a lot of, uh, experience to, to come to terms with, you know, what you really want out of this life and out of, you know, what you're going to do for a living. And, and when did that transition happen for you? good question
1: um well i didn't i didn't start life or my my career as a photographer you know i started i ran a i was on the other side of the fence really i was like developing websites yeah yeah um graphics so i started shooting professionally for that sort of type of work um uh, and one of the, like the biggest clients that we had at the agency was this this festival that takes place in our hometown, and so I started like shooting photographs to support the graphic work that we were doing for them. And then the director asked me if I'd shoot for them um, as their like staff photographer. Yeah, the festival was a global event, and so I got to travel around the world with them. Um, shooting artists on stage and like portraits and stuff, but then also delivering a sense of place from those different locations around the world. And um, so, I guess I started off shooting sort of professionally rather than I did shoot with friends. Yeah, you know, I was I was straight 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 in there, um, kind of shooting all sorts of different subject matter, um, like press and portraits and uh, landscapes, but I was being paid so i had to deliver it was in like a in a working
0: working situation yeah so did you guys draw straws to see who would be the one with the camera to go out and do it or did it did it kind of fall on you organically yeah
1: i just i i bought the camera so i was like i get the job
0: man Um, it's so interesting
1: well, that was the kind of like birth of the like that seventy two hours project that came off the back of those festivals because they take place over three days in different places around the world. So I was in a place for like three days, and I'd shoot a little side project over seven, those seventy two hours and put put together a little like photo
0: story, photo essay. So what what was the uh, you know what was the initial you know not not really thought process, but like kind of the goal behind this series when you when you first started kind of drawing it up in your head?
1: Well, because this festival toured authors, it was like a literary festival. So you would take authors, pretty much the same authors, to their different sister festivals around the world and I'd shoot them, so portraits of them, and them on stage and like bands on stage and stuff. But yeah. if you shoot a band on stage in India and you shoot a band on stage in Wales There isn't much difference (laughs) to an
0: audience, right? Yeah, for sure.
1: So I was like, well, how do I sort of illustrate the fact that I'm in a totally different place and different cultural environment? Mm -hmm. And so, like, after the gig, whatever, I just, like, roll around the streets and start shooting stuff that interests me, stuff that I find curious. Like, um, just, like, commonplace things, like different, different, like, street signs, different... um,
2: you know, there's different shoes
1: people wear on the street and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, everything. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and so I was kind of like honing my eye, really. Exactly, think, yeah. On, on, on those jobs and like using like close-ups and medium shots and sort of just delivering what I'd call now is like a sense of place to the audience back home or the audience, different audiences around the world so they could get a sort of feeling of what I was feeling. Yeah. Because you know, when you go to a festival, you go to the festival, you go to the gig. But you're, if you're in a different country, you're experiencing a whole range of different um, experiences. You know,
0: yeah, and well, and you you get to use this as a way as well to to really capture so many different elements, which has definitely had to have trained your eye. You know, and it definitely probably has brought in you. You know, as great of a documentary uh, photographer, filmmaker as you are, like, I'm sure that this has to be, you know, what kind of fueled that, uh, maybe even without realizing, cause you're just going around with the camera and just shooting everything you see, but there's so many aspects that, that you're capturing along the way and emotion and, and landscape. And, mm. you know, even, even these macro shots too, of just, you know, steps in the city are just things that, that people, uh, they really feel when they see these, which is ultimately the the goal, right? It's ultimately what you want people to do is just feel feel something when they look at your images.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's totally right. I mean, that's that's the goal of you know every picture is to sort of develop uh, deliver some or create some sort of emotional response in the viewer. Yeah, if you're not if you're not affected by it, then I don't know what is it, <that? laughs> you know.
0: Did you did you see uh, you know when these when these first started coming out and you started releasing these did you did you start to see a lot of people gravitate towards these series because were were you pushing these through Instagram or anything like that or were these kind of pre Instagram when you no. first started?
1: No, not really. They were pre Instagram. Um, certainly those those early ones, um, and they sat alongside my sort of graphics work when I was a graphic designer. So I had like a mixed website for a long time so it was like graphic like logos and stuff that I was doing and then there'd be like a photography section and it it took took a while to sort of let go of all that sort of work and right. sort of launch as a full-time photographer so but you know as they've developed obviously I've released stuff on Instagram and I tend to every time i post something from one of these sets i will mention my website to tip people back through to my site i think i'll probably put my more time into my more craft maybe into my website than i do my instagram I mean, this is like a lot of legacy content on there so yeah i think it, show, it shows a more, it's a more rounded view of my work
0: well what's what's interesting about you know putting together series like this is there's so many photographers especially now that will go somewhere and travel somewhere and you know take a thousand photos two thousand photos whittle it down to maybe four maybe even just one you know a handful and you'll just see one or two from that entire set but you know the the meat the meat of the of the story is here in all these pictures and and all of these you know different different styles of images as well and it really shows your range too and you know, I think mm. that I think that everybody that shoots should should find an outlet or a way to put together you know series like this, and it also you know push you to find these images in you know a particular place or, or setting, which you've done so so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it I, you know it helps it helps you sort of. I really love like making pictures, probably more than I do taking pictures, which is a, why I quite enjoy working in the sort of advertising world which is essentially sort of idealized reality where you're sort of crafting a shoot. And I think working in this sort of like documentary way and seeing different angles on different things and creating little stories out of, you know, I'm just looking actually at the Pelion set, this set that I recently did in Greece. And we met this like little shopkeeper in there and he was just showing us around and I was just like directing him and getting him to open little boxes and, and I, you know, like, I think making pictures is at the heart of what I do as opposed to sort of just bowling around and taking these days anyway. Early days I was definitely like shooting lots of volume and stuff, but these days I'm definitely more considered in my approach because I kind of know what I want to capture. Yeah. Certainly for like these 72 hours things, I kind of know when it comes to the edit rather than having like 2000 pictures to roll through and trying to pull something together.
2: Right. Yeah. Which could
1: take hours. I'm like, right, I'm going to tell this little story of this shopkeeper in Greece. I know I need some, like, little detail shots which pull the viewer in, but some whys to give it to context, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of vibe. So that early volume of, like, uh,
0: method of shooting has definitely paid dividends. Being able to do that as well, being able to direct, uh, direct is one of the harder things, I think, to i mean definitely to teach but just to have the confidence to to go in there and not only know what you want but know how to convey what you want how how did you see um the transition from you know kind of stepping back and and just you know shooting what was around you to stepping in to these shoots and having the confidence to to direct and and kind of know what you wanted. Do you remember when, when that started to happen and, and what kind of changes that you made to, to make these shoots go, go that way?
1: I can remember why, and that comes off the back of failures. You know, when you've been in a situation and you don't direct it, and you shoot what you can, yeah. and then you get back back to base. You get back to you download your card and you edit, and and, and you're looking at it and you think, oh shit, why didn't I get him to do this <laughs> or her, her to do that? Yeah, and, and
2: then it's too late, you know,
1: and it's too late. <laughs> yeah, and it's gone, and that you know that happens as a, as, a, as you're as you're working your way through right. your career, you will have failures, and so it's it's that that sort of that feeling of disappointment versus oh, come on you just gotta step up and yeah. just say what you want you know yeah. it's not it's not it's not it's not tricky I And mean, you you know then when you get back to base you download that card you've got that shot yeah and you've created you've created it so i think you need to have a few failures on the way to sort of build your confidence She's like well no i do know what i'm doing because if i'd have told them to do this i'd have got the shot that i needed
0: yeah exactly you mentioned that uh before we we hit record that 72 hours uh the series may be evolving into something else like print
1: yes yeah, so I, I have been approached by a publisher and they'd like to serialize um the the set 72 hours so we're looking at an um, end of summer publication date um and it'll be in several volumes. I think it's two to
0: start with. Oh wow! Um,
1: and and you know this is like an ongoing series, so we you know if it's successful, we'll keep on publishing them. So that's 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 really exciting.
0: Are you going to go back and uh, kind of repurpose these from digital to print? The the ones that you currently have, or are these going to be all new, all new series, all new sets?
1: Some will be repurposed, but there are new new as well yeah. as yet un,
0: unreleased.
1: So yeah. It's it's exciting, but it's 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 a it's a, it's a different. Well, I was going to say different medium, but it's it's like a similar sort of
2: yeah st- story
1: sort of vibe. But it's, you know we, t- we at the moment we're talking about how much text do we put, mm-hmm. how much you know it, it, we're working through all of that at the moment. But it's it's really interesting revisiting some of these essays that I haven't looked at for like like 10 years, you know? Yeah. I like go sure. back through the car and there's stuff there that I'm like, Oh shit,
0: that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and are you going to be able to, are you going to be able to dictate where you want to go and, and, and you know, kind of, is that resting on your shoulders or are they kind of having an idea of what they'd like to see? Or is this all, you know, where you want to go next?
1: Oh, they're, they're pretty open. It's nice. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. They're, 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 they're happy to go with, you know, they're going to help with the like design and like paper and stuff like that. But are, are I recently did a bunch of promos through my agency. And um, so I've got some experience in like building books. So it's a, like definitely a collaborative effort.
0: Yeah. Do they realize how much of a design background you have? So they send you design work and you're like, no, no, no. I, yeah. I, I, know, yeah. I know how you guys did this and you got to redo it. Oh. I oh, know I've gotten in trouble already. I'm,
1: like,
0: <laughs> I'm, 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 like, I'm really like designing the like front cover, and they're
2: like, "Well,
0: we have a designer for that." Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um, funny. I can't wait to see that one. Uh, when it When it comes to the, you know traveling, I feel like people in your shoes and and your career in particular, you've been so many places. You know, when you when you decide to go somewhere. And it's actually on you know on you where you want to go, and it's not you know a job that is required to you know send you to you know Ireland or somewhere that's already that's already set up front. Like where where do you want to travel? Like what what haven't you really seen, and what experiences are you still looking to get?
1: Oh, tough question. I don't know. I'm 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 have mixed feelings about travel at the moment because of the whole sort of environmental issues associated with it. You know, right. yeah. Um, so. Uh, in my like sort of time off um we're like focusing more on the uk actually so less yeah. less air travel because my my job takes me all over the place so i feel like my carbon footprint's pretty pretty used up you know yeah um but we recently went to um mainland greece uh as a family which was really cool um because most most people go to the islands, you know, when you think about um, the Greek islands, right? That's like the that's like the standard. Oh, we're going we're going to Greece. We're going to go to the islands. And I was just like, oh, Greece, mainland Greece is kind of undiscovered. And so we were invited there by one of the um, one of my workshop students, um, but that was really interesting because it was it was untouched by tourism. So I think places that have been undeveloped on a sort of tourist level yeah. interests me more than say luxury hotels. Yeah. Yeah, you know for sure. I think there's more stories there and it's like, it comes, comes back to that whole like experience of sailing with my dad, um, as a kid, like stories come out of discomfort as opposed to comfort. If you have like a really like nice holiday and you sit by a pool, nothing really happens and people bring you food yeah. on a silver tray and stuff. There's nothing yeah, yeah. really to tell. But if you if you like rough it a little bit, then
0: yeah, you got to get it, out
1: there. Yeah, and it's more adventures will happen and, and stories will find you because you know, yeah, yeah. The stories come out of discomfort. So yeah, away from the tourist areas is my is my go to.
0: Yeah, well, you know, speaking of speaking of stories, I feel like there's, I mean, there's so many avenues to take the conversation of, you know, storytelling and, you know, photography in the same, you know, collaboration. And you specifically feel like are one of the best, you know, photographers in the world that has really captured both elements in in your unique way and and in a particular way that like really resonates with people. Um, Wow. You're like, what? (laughs) When? Thank you. I don't, see. Like, yeah, of course, man. Yeah, but uh, you know, to phrase this question, because going into this interview, I didn't, I didn't want to ask you the question of like, why is storytelling, you know, so important? Because it's such a cop out question. You've been, you know, you've gotten asked that question so many times. But why did it become important for you? Because there had to have been a moment where you were shooting all the time and it sounds like it was probably when you were shooting on stage and things like that and then you wanted to really capture the story like how did you translate story to photograph with just an image even you know even before it was words
1: well i read a a really good book the other day while i'm reading it still um and it's called sapiens uh, like a brief history of mank. have you read it no but i know it I, i need to read it dude it's rad it's really really cool and um and they it touches on like the sort of birth of like humans and what differentiates us from other animals and things like that is right. actually stories and our ability to tell stories allow us to sort of collect around something in a great number of people. I mean, religion is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can influence people by telling stories and other animals can't do that. Um, you know, and every day we do these things, you know, um, I have like some friends the other day, they so, like sent a little WhatsApp message around saying, hey, we're going like, to build a greenhouse over ours and we're going to have a few beers and we're going to like dance around, a, you know, fire late into the night and stuff yeah. when you come over and, you know, it's, it's, they're kind of like selling um, uh, an ideal, to get us to go over there and help them build their greenhouse for them. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so, um, so that, that sort of concept of storytelling is very powerful because it can sort of bring people together around something. So uh, that ability to inject story into your photographic work, especially if you want to transition into the advertising world, is incredibly important because that's essentially what advertising is doing. It's like telling a story. To influence you to buy a product. Yeah. You know, at a base level, that's what it's about. So um, I don't think it was sort of, I don't know, premeditated. Right. Um, But I would say I would, the images that I would put out where I put a bit of work into sort of creating an image around a story resonated more with people especially on platforms like Instagram and um, stuff that I was just like snapping.
0: Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever find that you have any trouble with putting that story that you're trying to convey into words? Does it come naturally to you? Do you have to sit on it for a while? Do you, you know, take a bit for a caption or even just like a, a post on your site or does it pretty much flow through you? How do you mean? Um, well, I mean, I feel like, you know, even myself included, uh, I I have a tough time with with really conveying the story how I I you know how I how I felt it you know like putting the words on paper is is hard in itself and I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm just curious if if you know that that part of the storytelling has always come naturally to you, or if you've had to, you know, practice that just by you know putting out stories and stories over the years and, and captions over the years, or you know, was there was there is it ever difficult to to put a story on paper? Yeah,
1: always. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, yeah, totally. It it takes a lot of time and thought, but it's that sort of pre production that goes into a, a shoot. Yeah, it is the sort of hard work. You know, it's like pressing the button. That's kind of the easy bit. Yeah. It's like, and I, th- I think, you know, there's a, there's a shoot on my website that I did end of last year for Breitling involving a couple of twins. And we put a load of time and effort in, into that mm-hmm. story. And, you know, it has this sort of beginning, middle end and the end, there's a little surprise at the end of it. And like, we did loads of like mood boarding and like um, storyboarding and stuff before shoot day and we're sharing those images around with crew and talent and stuff so everyone's kind of on board with the story before we we shot um so uh, yeah i'd say like more time is spent on that sort of stuff in pre-pro than the actual shoot itself i can like knock it out in like a couple of days but pre-pro certainly takes a lot a lot of time and effort
0: yeah and, and with these shoots these days, are you working with a team? Like, what, what does that team look like when you're shooting, or are you doing a lot of this stuff solo?
1: No, no. Um, these days, um, more of a team. So I have my ace, ace assistant, Kate. Um, so she's like, I'd say, like my producer and my, my motivator. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and on that shoot in particular, I had like a. Um, a, a stylist she was she was brilliant at, like sourcing the wardrobe so ahead of shoot day you know i kind of gave like a rough idea of what i wanted and then she did like a fitting with the talent in london um with with the clothing company and we also had my uh, special effects guy that i work with quite regularly he comes from a film background so um we we're doing like low light stuff on the mountain and we really wanted like a foggy sort of landscape, but obviously you can't conjure up the weather. It doesn't yeah. always, doesn't always perform. So, yeah. you know, we had like a smoke machine and we were like shining like the car headlights through that to give it more atmos and things like that. So again, that's all like built into the storyboarding before shoot day. So, right. you know, down to that sort of detail. Um, and yeah, I kind of pride myself on that sort of, that sort of work. And I really enjoy it actually. I really enjoy Sort of digging into the aesthetics of the shoot and creating it and making it, and that's my work. That's by why my website's called Made by Finn. You know, not right. taken by Finn. It's like I do put time and effort in into that sort of stuff before we before we shoot.
0: Yeah, and that's like you know, that's <clears throat> that's kind of like the secret sauce. I feel like. like really putting in that amount of time to to get everything right and get everything how you want it. You know, like even you know, even with your landscapes, you know, waking up early and and getting sunrise or getting sunset. Like it sounds so, it sounds so simple, but it's a thing that a lot of people overlook. So true. Right. It's
1: so true. It's so true with stuff like that. You know, like even people around here that have lived here their whole lives and they're like, and I'll take a shot and they're like, shit, I didn't know. I've never seen it look like that. Yeah, And I'm like, well, you've never climbed a mountain at 4am. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. It
1: does. It does look like that, but you need to be up there at this time in these conditions and you know. So yeah I, yeah, I totally
0: agree with you. Yeah. Well, I know your buddy, Alex Stroll, who, who I just chatted with, he, you know, he had a long period of time where he was, you know, living out of a van and, you know, like already waking up, opening the door and being at sunrise at these spots and, and you know, living mm-hmm. that type of lifestyle. Have you lived that life at all? Or have you always kind of had a, a, a home base to come back to rather than it being a van?
1: I haven't done the van thing. Yeah. I haven't done the the van life thing. Um, I mean, I, Alex is a great example of like a location. He's like a he's solid on his locations. Oh yeah, puts puts a lot of time and effort in researching those locations. And, yeah, and getting them getting to them before anyone else. Right. Um, uh, he's superb at that. But no, I haven't. I haven't uh, lived on the road. No, it's uh, sort of like something that does appeal to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Mr. Alex Stroll, you guys did a workshop together.
1: Yeah. I mean, he put out a couple of workshops. He did his adventure one and then he did a summer one. And um, he came to me mm, start of last year and said, you know, thinking about involving other people into this, would you be interested in doing one yourself? And I was like, well, I know I felt really weird because I I haven't (laughs) been to school to learn what I do you know so who am I to teach anyone (laughs) to do this stuff but um yeah he was like he was just really sort of complimentary and just says listen I really love the way that you approach a job a shoot and you sort of like focus on like storytelling um why don't we do it around that so we like threw some ideas around and i kind of trusted him so yeah <laughs> um uh, i went with it but so we sort of developed it over about six months and i just sort of put together like well he gave me like a, a framework lesson um a template um that he used to sort of create his adventure workshop yeah and um, and so i took that and mm, created a lesson plan off the back of that. It was basically like he was like, you know, module one, module two, module three. Yeah. And broke it down into little different episodes. So then I sort of changed the titles to to something more based around storytelling. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's like I think it's selling it short to just say it's focused on storytelling. It's more about like crafting a shoot the way I work from start to finish. So like pre-production stuff, which is where I develop stories. Through to production. So the camera's following me on the actual shoot and then moving into the studio for post production. So it's like kind of a, like, well, how I'd approach a job start to finish.
0: Yeah. It's kind of a look inside every every aspect of the shoot from, you know, yeah. the beginning yeah. to to the end of it, which is awesome. That's great. If you want to look into it, you can go to your site and then there's a workshop tab, right? Yeah. And that goes
1: made by com yeah. slash workshop. Um, and there's like a trailer and um, some very. Very nice reviews it's been really it's been a really um nice experience actually um, and some fantastic comments from people you know people saying that they've learned more and more from this workshop than they have from their time in college which is like I yeah. find extraordinary but I think you know but when, when you think about it it's like it, 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 I think everyone learns from other people oh yeah, yeah. More, more than a textbook uh, or a lecture in a lecture hall you know you can learn the like mechanics of a camera and like how to Shoot and like develop a preset or something, but you know when you're actually following someone on set, relating to another person they're shooting, you know. Oh yeah. and Watching them direct that person. Yeah. That's 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 really valuable. Yeah. And um, you know, it's kind of like peep behind the behind the scenes in that sense. So
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what uh, that's what I did when I was first coming up, shooting. You know, I was an assistant for for a couple of years, and I learned more in those two years than man. Like yeah. five or six years, just even, even like reading books and, and you know, going through early YouTube days like getting that hands-on experience, but also like getting the pressure element too, which is which is great Holy about assisting is like, you do have pressure on you to, for one, not look like an idiot, which you will do eventually in the beginning. <laughs> but, but for two, just like, you know, to, to be able to run uh, a professional shoot and just see what that looks like. There's nothing like it when, when you really learn. Yep. But that's what's cool about the yep. workshops too, is you, you know, you're offering all this this knowledge and wisdom over years and years that, you know, people when they watch it, they're like, Oh my gosh, like, like I didn't think about this or I didn't think about that. And there's so many little aspects that just come second nature to you that wouldn't to the new person.
1: Yeah, completely. But it's not, it's not like, this is how you should do it.
0: This is just the way,
1: this is just the way I do it.
0: Right. um, Right.
1: But there'll be stuff that you'll take from it and stuff that you'll do in your own way. But that's, what's brilliant about it. You know, people. Everyone's different, um,
0: but yeah, it's yeah, it's been a good good experience, and um, we're talking about doing something else. So, yeah, have you ever thought about doing uh, something on your own when it comes to either workshops or, or another form of, of teaching?
2: Well,
1: I think I think Alex actually approached me because I did like a little FAQ thing on Instagram. So, like, I get okay. a lot of like d- direct messages from people asking me how I do stuff. Yeah, so I like wrote a little. Thing and it's on my stories still, on my like highlighted stories, yeah. So, it, yeah, I've sort of answered that. Um, right at the end of that story session, I was like, Should I write a book about this? And I got a lot of people saying I should write a book, but books take time and I've got shoots to shoot, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'd like to do more. I'd like to do more. It's like finding time, um, it's finding time between uh, uh, family life and just general life. I quite I, you know, I don't want to work all the time. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes we get sort of defined by our careers a little bit too much and life's short and it's nice to sort of like, you
0: know, enjoy it. It is. As much
1: as be working all the
0: time. I totally agree. And you know, when, was there a time in your life when you had to kind of pump the brakes because you were doing, you know, so many shoots that you were, you know, getting a little bit overwhelmed or, or have you always had a good balance of that?
1: yeah, totally. I mean, like, about th- maybe like three, four years ago, I was like sort of taking everything.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: and it, was, it does take its toll, man, because it is it's pressure, it's pressure. And um, and it's especially add on travel as well. So, yeah, I had like one year where I was just like, okay, this is a little bit much. Yeah. Let's just tone it down a little bit. And since then, I've been much more measured in terms of the jobs that I'll take on and only taking stuff that, I'm interested in or yeah. pays, pays well
0: do you think the remedy for going from overworking to, to working an appropriate amount is less shoots charging more or is it essentially also just you know maybe just willing to take less because you want to have more free time did you find a kind of an even balance of anything that worked
1: well that depends on the sort of lifestyle that you're prepared to lead yeah. I think you know uh, this sort of capitalist world that we live in sort of it's always telling us to buy more things and spend yeah. more money because that's the way capitalism works so it's like sort of getting a handle on that and thinking yeah. well actually i don't need a new pair of sneakers <laughs> 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 they're, they're fine so it's like it's like getting a, a, a working out a healthy balance of what what you need and what you
0: don't yeah. Um, I think that's crucial, especially as yeah. a freelancer, right? Like you, that's kind of the, yeah. the first thing of, you know, that you got to figure out is like, what kind of lifestyle do you need? And then that will essentially help you dictate every other aspect of how you want to, you know, work freelance and how you want your scheduling to be. And what, what's your target number for these shoots when it comes to income and, and all that, like that kind of is the umbrella that helps everything. I'm super interested in that stuff too.
1: Yeah, Tony. Totally. I mean, we're 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 extending our place at the moment, so <laughs> I need more. I need to borrow more money, so yeah. I need to work a little bit more this year. Um, so, you know, yeah, um, I'll probably ramp it up a little bit this year. But yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's 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 important to keep it balanced because you know, I mean, like I think my agent once told me that like a lot of photographers leave this industry through burnout as
0: opposed to not having enough work.
2: Yeah.
1: And
0: I think that's that's really common.
1: So
2: Yeah,
0: definitely. I can see that. Uh, so so you do have an agent?
1: I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based in uh, New York and London.
0: When did that happen for you? Were you approached by an agency? Did you reach out for agents? How did you go about you know teaming up with them?
1: Um, so I was represented by Tinker Street for a long time, who are based in New York, yeah. um, who are awesome. But because I'm based over here, I needed representation over here as well. Yeah. So I switched to Sarah Laird and Good Company, who I'm with now. And I don't know. That came off the back of me going down and actually interviewing a bunch of London-based agents. Yeah. It's it's a a very important relationship um, having an agent because there's a lot of trust involved. So you know, I went and met. A lot of different agencies, and you know, like when I met like eight, and then I got offers from six, and I really like the guys at Sarah led or girls, I should say, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So I've been with them about not long, maybe six months now.
0: Oh wow, okay, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty recent. So have you, you know, have you found that? you know, working with an agency? Like, are you, are you still pitching as much as you have? Are you not pitching to, to potential new clients at all anymore? Are they taking care of all of that? Like, have they been bringing you, you know, steady work? Like what, what's the agency life like?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I was, I, I was, rep by Tinker Street for like four, four years. Yeah. That. For a while. So I, I yeah. have experience of agency life, yeah. but, um, yeah, these guys, uh, are hard on the marketing. Definitely. Yeah. And, And that's really paying dividends already, Um, but they also I get approached a lot by brands direct off the back of Instagram. So Mm -hmm. they will take take. I I hate talking money. Yeah, I'm like I'm like a creative person. I do this stuff for free. You know, I love it. Yeah, (laughs) they're like, no, 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 Finn. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 figure it out. No, you're worth this much. Yeah, Um, so. They will they will take that sort of stuff on and handle financial contacts, which is great things like that. yeah thats yeah, probably yeah, yeah. so it's, nice it's really good yeah um, but also you know the advantages of the agencies they they've been offering a long time since like 80s so you've got great contacts within the ad agency industry and know the producers and our buyers and things like that so and are trusted by them And yeah. I think tr- trust is a huge thing you know if you're if you put up a photographer and you're representing them, that art buyer knows, you know, that they, that they trust me to, to do the job. So it's, it's less of a gamble for them to give me a contract, you know, give right. me the, award me the gig.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you have worked with so many gigantic companies. It's, you know, even just going through through your website on that first advertising page. Oh, and by the way, yeah. I, I pronounced Cardi uh Cartier, Cardi I think I said what I say to a client? I said Cartier. It's like, are we going to the Cartier store? He's like, You I mean Cartier? Yeah, Cartier. <laughs> yeah, Cartier. <laughs> Cartier? Uh but yeah, these I mean these shots are, you know, absolutely incredible. But like Cartier, you know, Danner, and is it Brightling, right? That's how it's pronounced. Brightling and
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Tesla, yeah. Omega, you know, the list, the list goes on. GE, like some of these, you know, like the biggest companies in the world. How, how long have have you kind of been stepping into this, you know, gigantic commercial world?
1: Mm, yeah, I'd say like last five years. Yeah. So um, I was shooting a lot of like editorial stuff before that. And then, um, um, I don't know, my name sort of got became more well-known when Instagram came along. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot of clients, brands were aware of, became more aware of like photographers through that platform yeah um they may not have been aware of before but yeah yeah about five years i'd say
0: have you have you kind of shifted gears uh you know in the last year or two when it comes to how much importance uh you put on instagram has that has that changed for you over the years or have you always either put either a lot of importance into it or not not that much the whole time yeah, it's been hugely important, but I don't know.
1: It's, um, I, I feel like maybe the art's kind of gone from it a little bit, or yeah. <laughs> well, the community, community's gone from it. I mean, it was a lot of fun back in those early days. Yeah, uh, I think, I think that's, that's kind of like gone from it a little bit. And I hear that a lot of people saying it, but it's still a massively powerful channel. Um, so I would say I treat it more like a, a work channel now. Yeah. Than perhaps I used to. If you scroll back through my Instagram it's probably a little bit looser than it might be now. Um it's more yeah, I'd use it sort of like a like a portfolio channel.
0: Yeah. Well and also too like the people that that you've met through it have got to, you know, that's got to be at the top there because, you know, I feel like you are in that world of, you know, having really good buddies like Alex Stroll and, you know, even like guys like Andrew Kearns and, you know, Tyson, you know, who's, you know, mm. the greatest. Um, but like yeah. getting to know these people is has, has, uh, have got to, you know, it's got to be a pretty cool aspect as well, which is huge too for the, the networking aspect.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, especially living living on the side of a mountain in Wales, where, you know, where the, the the nearest town to me is like probably like 3,000 people, you know. It's yeah. like a pretty pretty small pool um, of creative people anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's been almost, I'd almost like to say it's like a lifeline in a sense. It's yeah. like growing up here, although it was like really free and you know a, a lovely upbringing I didn't really meet that many creative people who thought in the same way as I did yeah. and meeting people like the guys you just, just mentioned and many others through that platform was like a real eye opener, I was like oh shit there are people <laughs> like me out there you know? it like, yeah. felt good really good. I think it's important with platforms, these social media platforms to sort of actually meet people in, in, in the real,
0: too, yeah, definitely.
1: you know, like a virtual relationship is not the same as a, as a like, physical relationship. And so, yeah, I, I really sort of valued those sort of early Insta trips that uh, we did. They do not really happen so much anymore, but where we'd get together and go and shoot together.
0: It was really cool yeah so w- when you first started you know jumping into Instagram and, and putting out pictures that were getting noticed did you did you reach out to do some of those meets like is that kind of you know the beginning uh of meeting the people that you met and getting to know you know these other photographers and kind of bouncing off you know ideas with them things like that did like did you do that or were you kind of more timid to that in the very beginning yeah,
1: yeah, I think you know photography is like a really Solo game, and yeah, for sure. It, it's it's nice to work with because we're all in the same boat and we all have the same anxieties. You know?
0: Yeah,
1: and when you and when you meet people, you sort of kind of like realise that, and that's actually quite heartening. You know, we all have the same concerns about stuff. So um I did reach out, and I was fortunate to do a bunch of trips. Actually, like with Alex in the early days, he invite, he actually invited me over to shoot a campaign for when he was when he was working with stay in wonder Uh um for explore canada and there were a bunch of other instagrammers on that trip that i'd been sort of talking to like jared chambers and a dutch guy called Ilko roos um richard and we'd sort of like all been sort of like talking to each other for like a year or two so we kind of like kind of knew each other online so when we all like met up for that first time it's awesome
0: yeah, one one thing I really wanted to ask you because you do have such a uh, a timeline of work to look back on. But you know, with Instagram and with the internet, essentially, uh, you can look back on on somebody's career as long as they've been posting and see a progression in their work. You know, you can see the very early days of Instagram compared to now, and you can see where your work you know has progressed along the way. What progressions haven't people been able to see, or what what progressions can't people see? Uh, just by an image that, that you've made through your career in photography?
1: Well, I guess it goes back to um, what I was talking about earlier about all that like pre-pro work that I do. Is yeah. that what you mean? Um, because that doesn't like get shown in the pictures, but you'd see a progression perhaps in the, the, the type of picture that I'm putting out or yeah. creating. Yeah. Um, and it's like learning to, to make the picture that's in my head Rather than take the picture that is sort of happening in front of me, so yeah. I'd say I'd say that's that's a sort of like progression of stuff that happens behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, and I think it also goes in that vein of there's a lot more work that's put into all of this than people would really realize. And you know, I think you're a good example of that, but how much pre-production work you do, and you know, we we at the end of the day, like we see an image or two, or we, you know, we see a series. Um, but to you, that has been, you know, that's so much bigger of a time commitment than anyone will realize, but that's really what separates, you know, at least, at least my experience with people that I've talked to on this podcast, like a big separation between the big guns and, you know, people that are just starting out is how much you're willing to sacrifice and how much you're willing to put into all of this because every detail counts and you really learn that over the years.
1: Completely, you know, his pre- preparation is the key. You know, yeah. it's like um, there's a good Benjamin Franklin quote around that: "A man who, pre- uh, oh, a man who prepares to, who fails to prepare, prepares to fail." You know, yeah. and I, I really, I really, I really believe in that. So, like putting that time and effort in in before you you land on set, will might make that difference.
2: Yeah,
1: and I talk about I talk about that in the workshop. Actually, there's like a whole module about that. And that that, that like goes you know you were talking earlier about how do I approach a, like a grade or something yeah um, I'm thinking about that right at the start of a shoot in terms of like what's what's inspiring me um, what am I looking at and how, how, which way am I going to steer this shoot and I'll even be thinking about color colors when I'm putting together like mood
0: boards and stuff there's a whole yeah. sort of module of that in the in the workshop. I can't wait to dive into that because, you know, that's uh, that's gotta be pretty incredible. And especially just putting that whole thing together, like, you know, being able to share that with the world is is pretty cool, you know, and, and kind of different. Because, you know, you're, you're used to sharing photos and, and videos that are, that are packaged in just a completely different way. So to be able to be like, Hey, like I'm going to open up the curtains and like, here you go. Like, you know, that's it. For one, I, I know that that can't be easy, especially to structure all that. There's, I mean, it dude, it's pretty it,
1: scary. Too, yeah, dude. it's gotta be scary. It was, it was like, this is my process. Yeah. Like, I was wait, waiting for this, like, what? Yeah. But, um, it was heartening to, to hear people like, engage with it, so.
0: Kind of in the, in that same regard of, you know, like teaching and, and talking to people who are either, I mean, they could be professionals as well. They just want to like sharpen their tools or they could be starting out, but like for, for the photographer or the creative that, you know, let's say like has gotten on Instagram in the last like year or two. Right. So they kind of miss that boat of, you know, the featured, the featured parts of Instagram that could really help with getting someone's name out there, like very fast. Right. So now it's like for every follower and every person that sees, you really have to work for it. That's just how it, is what kind of advice would you have for for someone that's getting into photography now but that wants to make a living out of it you know and like doesn't want to be like instagram famous that's not what i'm trying to get at. but for someone who like wants to make it work and and make a living from it
1: well i think you need to you need to you need to work out what you want to shoot because if you're not into what you're shooting you're not going to pour time and energy into it. You've got to love it. And, you know, when, like when I started out, I was shooting all sorts of different stuff, styles, like even did like weddings and like like I said earlier, like press, portraits, stuff like that. But they weren't really like doing it for me. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I built my website around the type of work that I wanted to be um, shooting. So a lot of the stuff that was like paying bills, I wouldn't necessarily be promoting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's it's really important to sort of like that's your voice. You know, that like right. someone comes to your website, that's, they're hearing your voice. And, um, if you want to be employed for the stuff that you want to be, do you want to do, then you need to be talking that language. Um, in terms of Instagram,
0: did you not want this to be Instagram? No, no, it, it totally can be, but I feel like Instagram is, <clears throat> is the, the go. It, well, it's, it's the go-to <laughs> for, uh, for building a profile that can showcase your work. And I feel like the website has been a secondary when it should be the primary. And, and especially for the last five or six years, there's probably a lot of photographers out there that don't even have websites that mm-hmm. either should or if they did, that it would, you know, open them up to a whole new world of that.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a mistake because, like, yeah, I mean a lot of photographers just have an Instagram presence, but right. how many, how many, how often do you scroll right back through someone's instagram you might maybe look at like the first couple of pages whereas like a website can present a much wider range of your work yeah for sure um and you know show your ability to sort of tell stories
2: or
0: whatever yeah and pitching to brands and things like that you know they're going to look at your website a hundred times before they look at your your instagram Yeah.
1: yeah um the other thing is like print print stuff i mean i i've have a printed portfolio which I use when I do meetings. I do meetings every few months, so I, they're all like put my by my agent. But um, get in front of people, you know, and show printed work. It always goes down well. Yeah. Because everyone's living in this sort of digital world, there's nothing like actually leafing through a sort of printed portfolio. Yeah. Or printed promo books or something like that. It's it's an investment.
2: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Uh, it's not cheap, but, you know, you're investing in yourself. So I would say it's an investment as opposed to a cost.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's so easy now today too. Like there's so many photographers pitching to to big brands and, and agencies and different things like that. But, you know, sending something physical, I feel like has got to be that extra little touch that's going to, Get your work either a little bit more noticed or taken a little bit more seriously. When you were when you were sending things out and and pitching to brands, did you ever send like postcard or oh, physical yeah, yeah, representation? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, t- totally. And you know, uh, we've just sent out like a. I'm just looking at it now. It's quite a thick, really nicely bad perfect bound like um, promo book of yeah. recent recent work storytelling
0: work, and that that is all being sent out to um, agencies and art buyers and things like that. So. Yeah. So that, are there a lot of, you know, is there a lot of actual storytelling in there? Or is it mainly just images and a little bit of contact info and like a little cover letter that's like, Hey, you know, I'd love to yeah. work with you. Is that essentially it's, the, it's all
1: images. And this first book, this is a bit like my 72 hours in a sense. It's going to be a series of little promo books. It's quite small. It's like postcard size. Yeah. Um, but this one is, like it's all based around Homeland. So it's all, it's called Homeland. So it's all based around this area cool. where I live and my lifestyle around here. Yeah. So it's like little vignettes of what my life is in, in these Hills and um, little, yeah, little stories. And then like the second one that will go out will be more like travel based work and then maybe more commercial work. But um, yeah, I think, I think like people like seeing personal work yeah over commercial work. Because, you know, you, you, when you establish photography, they kind of knew you can shoot the commercial stuff. So what's what's the person behind the camera like? So
0: right. I think yeah. it's
1: maybe a little bit more interesting.
0: Yeah. And then you give them a sense of, you know, who you are before they actually sit down and meet with you, which is, you exactly. know, it's nice. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, I uh, I really appreciate you chatting with me for, for a
1: bit. Oh, you're welcome. I hope I made some sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, you totally did. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about the the 72 Hours book, you know, coming out. And you said that that will maybe be the end of this year. I, I forget if it was this year or next year that we should be seeing yeah, that. Yeah, end of this year. Of this year okay out. cool and I'm sure you'll obviously be talking about that on Instagram and and your website I might mention it once yeah, or twice. You'll men- yeah <laughs> definitely mention that but you, so your website is made by com, <laughs> and that's two ends yeah. for Finn uh you got it. and then your Instagram is just Finn Beals yeah or is it just Finn no it's just Finn yeah just, just fin Finn. <clears throat> yeah yeah nice you got one of those uh one of those quick little names back in the day before well, they're all the- taken up there is a
1: story there, like Kevin Sistrom, who set up Instagram, actually
0: helped me out with that
1: name. Oh, no because, way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, we, well, that was like back in the day when there were like six people in, in, in the Instagram office, and you could email them and just like, hey, yeah. hey, hey, dude, how's it going? Yeah, there, there's this account, Finn, and no one's using it. It
0: was just a bot. And, You're like, give me that name.
1: And, yeah, and he was like, oh, no sweat. I'll get um, Jay Zombie. You might know her. Yeah, she, well, I talked was, to
0: her too. She's great.
1: Ah, awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. So she emailed back
0: and said, oh, we'll switch you over.
1: So that's how I
0: got that name. Early days. (laughs) Oh, that's funny, man. That's perfect. Cool. Cool. So yeah, there's your Instagram. And then, uh, yeah, is there anything else that that you want to let people know about? That workshop too. Uh, Definitely go back and and look at that i'm actually i'm starting the workshops uh just recently i started so i'm going oh, nice. through the order so I'm, I'm going through the adventure workshop now and it's you know awesome. it's it's amazing so i'm excited to get to yours
1: cool dude well let me know yeah me know how it goes for sure right.
0: awesome well thank you awesome. very much I, I appreciate you finn we'll we'll chat soon
1: you're welcome cheers dude
0: that'll do it guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out that episode with Finn. Reach out to Finn, say, Hey, reach out to us and say, Hey, you can find us at dark room. You can find me personally at Dane Diener on Instagram. And yeah, we appreciate you guys. I know in the last, I think uh, we've had two episodes come out in the last month. So there were a couple off weeks that won't be a common thing. We're going to get back on track with every week. We're thinking of ways to, to make this podcast even better for you guys and, you know, really give you a lot of really great content. So if you guys also have any, you know, any feedback, want to let us know anything, even just tell us that, that you like us, uh, drop a line, let us know. You know, let us know what you guys think about the podcast. Uh, if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, that is amazing. Definitely subscribe and tell your friends, you know, people that you know want to, want to jump into a new podcast, uh, definitely let them know about the uh, Darkroom podcast. All right, you guys. Well, I appreciate you. As always, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week.